Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, good morning. My name is Jay Spencer. I'm, one of the, I'm a member of the laity here. That means I'm one of you. Uh, wonderful packed house. It sounded like God may have already entered the building a little bit. <laughs> you know, Greg alluded to it to a moment ago, but what a day. You look outside, it's cloudy, but it's cool. Got a chance for rain. What a great day. And yet, we're here. You and I chose to be here in church, in this church today. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, we gather here today in your name. We know we've all fallen short. Each day, we get up with a promise of making you more a part of our lives. But more often than not, it seems, life starts at full speed. We're late, the phone rings, maybe unexpectedly we have to drop the children off, cars low on gas. It seems there is always something that keeps us from our moments with you. But not today, not now. We are here, and we ask that you, we feel your presence. We ask to hear those words that will strengthen us on our faith journey. These things we ask in your name. Amen. A beautiful day, yet we're here. Because I prepared for this day, thought about that, about us being here every Sunday morning pondered about it. So when I'm struggling with something, often a good place to get an answer is to pick up the Bible. I picked up my study Bible and I looked up the word church. And I followed the thread of the church, the word church, all the way through the Bible. Now in the Hebrew Testament, the Old Testament, we see words such as tabernacle. We see words such as temple the building of the temple, the destruction of the temple, the rebuilding of the temple, building of the temple walls. But I cannot find one mention of the word church in the Hebrew Testament. Now, at first it surprised me a little bit. But then I thought about, as we've studied the story for the last 30 weeks, I realized the Hebrew Testament, the Old Testament, is a is the, the story of the relationship between God and his one people, his one nation, the Israelites. So the concept of church just doesn't really apply in there. Now, in the New Testament, I found it all the way through the book. But what I also found is it kind of evolves in the New Testament. In the the Gospels, the first part of the New Testament, the good news, uh, we see church is referred to one church, the church of the, the believers, the new Christians. We see Christ uh, tell Peter, you are the rock upon which I shall build my church. We see the church referred to as us, the believers, being the body of the church, and Christ being the head of the church. 
Well, somewhere around Acts, uh, that changes. We see it sometimes referring to that, that one church. Other times we see it referring to new communities, new cells of believers, new cells of Christians, local communities of Christians like us. Uh, in fact, the, the, Paul is, 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 is accredited with the most writings in the New Testament, the good news. And six of his books are specific instructions to these new churches that he's written. I'd like to read to you today out of one of those. I'd like to read to you today out of uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 19 through 22. If you have your Bible, turn to that. So you are no longer strangers and outsiders. You are citizens together with God's people. You are members of God's family. You are a building that is being built from the prophets and the apostles. They are the foundation. Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone in the building. The whole building is held together by him. It rises to become a holy temple because it belongs to the Lord. And because you belong to him, you too are being built together. You are being made into a house where God lives through his spirit. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to tell you in my Bible search that I found a, a scripture like, uh, O ye of little faith, gather together every Sunday at 9.30 or 11 at your local church. Yeah, I, that doesn't exist, of course. But there are many references that it is clear God intended for us to meet together. One of the most notable is, is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draws near. The second point I want to make about us being here today is we made a promise to be here. When each of us joined this church, we made a covenant. That covenant was not with this building. That covenant was not with Pastor Greg or Pastor Laura. That covenant was with each other. We made a promise when we joined this church, and each of us renews that promise every time a new member joins this church. And in that, prom in that promise, that covenant, we said we would faithfully participate with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, or now we say our story. So we made a promise to be here for each other. So we now kind of covered that we are a community of Christians. The Bible tells us that we should gather together, and we made a promise with each other to be here. 
Sounds like I've nailed it, right? I think this is going to be one of the shortest sermons on record. Let's see if we can wrap this thing up, play Here I Am, Lord, and go. we'll beat everybody Sunday brunch, right? No. <laughs> I think there's a little bit more to it. Don't you? Don't you think there's a little bit more to us being here than that? I'd like to look at this from a different direction. I'm thinking back when I was a child. I want you to think back. Do you remember the first time you went to the mountains? I grew up in West Texas, flat. I mean, it's so flat you could see a jackrabbit stand up 10 miles away. (laughs) So when my parents came in and said, we're going to the mountains next week, I was like, Whoa, whoa, is it like the sand dunes outside of town, the edge of town? Is that a mountain? You know, I'd seen movies with John Wayne riding through the mountain, but I really didn't have a concept of what a mountain was. So that day came, and mother and dad loaded my sister and I up in our Ford Fairlane, four-door Ford Fairlane, and we took off back to the northwest toward New Mexico, toward the mountains. And we've all been on road trips with our kids, and as kids, we've been on road trips. And so, I mean, we're not 10 miles out of of town, and the rhetoric starts. My sister and I, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And, of course, as we drove further, my mother would give those subtle words of encouragement to my father about his driving. (laughs) Slow down, J.W. And my sister and I would get bored, and we'd start picking at each other back and forth. And we would hear that that immortal threat (laughs) that we've either all received or all made. You don't want me to stop this car. (laughs) Don't make me stop this car. (laughs) But after a while, my father would look through the front windshield and say, what do you see out there? My sister and I would lean forward. And there on the horizon, I could could kind of make out something. It's hard to see even here. You can see the edge of it, but there... It was a blue, hazy outline. It was so indistinct that you almost thought it was a mirage. But yet, you knew it was real. We kept driving. The closer we got to the mountains, when we'd stop, I noticed that the air seemed a little cooler. Sky a little bluer. Start smelling pine in the air. Could hear that noise of those rivers. You know, it's like water flowing. I mean, we, we used to know that here, but boy, for a kid from West Texas, this was this was paradise. To me, it was the Garden of Eden. Now I want you to to think back on your your faith journey. Seeing that mountain through that distant haze of that mountain is to me as much like that. That first time we accept Christ in our lives, when that Holy Spirit stirs within us, and we're sure, we're sure there's more to life than, than just us. But it's still distant. The Bible says we are childlike in our faith. So how do we get closer? How do we get this thing to be more distinct? Most of us, that next step is joining a church. Joining this church, joining a church. And we did that for two reasons. First, we did it as a public confession of our faith. And second, we hoped it was a place that we could routinely encounter God. Now, in a church, 
how do you routinely encounter God? I know for me, much of it starts right here with the music. We are blessed with some incredibly gifted musicians. Incredibly blessed. You play gospel, bluegrass, praise music. You're going to hear something that I think can move your soul. You know for me what it is. Here I am, Lord. No matter how many times I've heard that song, it's still, we were singing it before we started, it still brings me to tears. It's a powerful song for me. We also come here for teaching, preaching, teaching based on the Word of God. That can move us down that road. I know I'm sitting there where you are most Sundays, and Laura will be up here talking, and she'll be talking about something, and I, I realize, that's what I'm struggling with. That's exactly what I'm going through right now. And I'll turn and look at my wife and go like, did you call her? <laughs> How does she know? Well, the truths are universal. The issues that many of us are facing are universal. So these sermons often touch many or most of us. What else? Well, I know for much of my faith life, Sunday was where it stopped. That's where it started. That's where it stopped. That one hour was what I did, and that was all. Uh, I was getting a little bit close to the mountain, but at least I wasn't backing up like I was in college. Oh, my goodness, you know, in college, that image almost disappeared completely. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't really moving toward that mountain. And then in 1997, I had an experience uh, that made all the difference in my life. I went on a three-day religious retreat called Walk to Emmaus. And I can still remember that first night, that Thursday night, all of us pilgrims, us guys, gathered around our table. We just met. We're shy about this. We're not sure what's going on. We're, you know, kind of sinking down, and they have a little band. The first song I can remember them playing was, Here I Am, Lord. Yeah, we're shy at this point. We don't, you know, our lips are moving to the words, but I'm not sure any sounds coming out, you know. Well, three days later, that Sunday morning, when that band played that song, every one of our hands, man, it shot up. And I wouldn't say we were singing. It was closer to shouting is what we were doing. I came down off that mountain from that retreat, hoarse <laughs> from the singing. I felt like in my trip, instead of driving like my father was doing in a car, I'd gotten out of it and gotten a jet airplane. Man, I made some miles toward that mountain. I hope if you've not experienced one of these multi-day retreats where you're completely immersed in, in learning God's spirit. But if you have an opportunity sometimes in your life, I hope you do it because I think you'll enjoy it. Now, what else? What else can move us down this road? I think there's a lot of clues in the bulletin you got at the front door today when you came in. Read through. Greg talked about the backpack ministry, talked about the blessing next week. Uh, if you read through the bulletin, there's many things in there. And also, we put a card 
referred to it last week, the week before. There should be some of them in the back of the chairs in front of you. This is a list of the ministries that we do in this church. Are you kidding me? There's only 500 of us here, and we got all that going? That's incredible. We've got ministries that work with orphanages in Guatemala. We've got ministries where trained people will walk with you in a one-on-one crisis. We've got a team that if you get sick, go to the hospital, whether you want them to or not, they're going to be there. (laughs) We've got people that knit prayer shawls while praying in your name because they know you need it. And when they give you that shawl, you are immersed in the prayers that they've made to God. We've got youth ministry. Martha can tell you all about those people that teach our children here. I recently went on a a trip with our youth to San Antonio, and it was a powerful moment for me. We've got people that go when there's a disaster, load up with tools, take a week of vacation, and go help people recover from that. I like to think that last one right down here at the bottom, other I like to think of that as an invitation to you and I, that if there's something else that moves us, something else we want to see us as church do, that if you're willing or if I'm willing to pick up the hot end of that stick, we can make that add another ministry to this program. Now, what else have we got? Well, we have people that serve on committees. What about all the ushers that came out, gathered up, people that tend our garden? We've got finance committee. We've got outreach, admin, worship, SPRC, uh, trustees. Without the work you do on those committees and the incredible work it takes to put and maintain these ministries, we can't even keep the doors of this church open. You know, one thing I'm good at is patting myself on the back. So right now, let's all give ourselves a big hand for everything we're doing in this church, right? <laughs> you know, I started this with about a statement wondering about this day, and yet we're in here together. And now it sounds like I'm making a plea to all of you about the opportunities to serve here. Well, I am. I am making that plea. I think about when I'm sitting when you are, and somebody from Helping Hands gets up here, somebody returns from a Lucinda trip, somebody returns from the youth trip, somebody returns from from, uh, going to West Texas and helping those people rebuild, and they give up, and they have pictures, and they, they give their report of what happened. I often find myself thinking, that's not a report. That's a testimonial. That's a testimonial of what they gained on their faith walk from being on that mission. So what I'm asking you today is a little bit of a paradigm shift. I'm asking you to think about what you can get involved in because when you take God to those in need... I guarantee you, more often than not, it's you that finds God in those people. So for your sake, I'm suggesting for all of us to move closer to that mountain. We're all on that journey. 
take advantages of the opportunities that exist in this church in your life. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord, we come to you humbly asking for your presence to be felt by all here. Be with each of us today, not just today, but tomorrow, every day of the week, every day of the month, every day of the rest of our time on earth. Move us through the Holy Spirit that resides in each of us to do your will. Help us to become better disciples for you. Open our hearts to a deeper relationship that you are seeking with us. Amen.